When Title 42 goes away, more people are gonna come across the border. They're showing videos right now in Mexico, like neighborhood community parks where there's thousands of people just like camping, waiting for these things to end so they can come across the border easier. Why do you think these people are coming to California? In California, basically, it's just free healthcare if you get across the border. We're handing out so much stuff for free and you can't keep on overloading people here and thinking, oh, it's just no problem. My guest today is Jim Brickheimer, co-host of The Weekend Answer with KRLA and former mayor. The problem constantly is you want to give good benefits to your residents, but once you say it's for anybody to, who gets across the border, more people come across the border. There is a record number of people crossing the border illegally. California has the most generous benefits for illegal immigrants, including healthcare and education. Are we going to face a financial crisis in California in the next few years? Stay tuned for an insider's perspective. I'm CMI Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Great to be here again. We want to talk to you about the phenomenon that's happening at our border and in California. Governor Newsom was at the border. He was concerned about the influx of immigrants that would come illegally um, after Title 42 is gone. Right. And, you know, we provide a lot of benefits to the illegal immigrants, right? We, we provide benefits to illegal and legal immigrants um, at the country. We're very, you know, Americans are very much uh, a giving people. Um, the problem that we're having is, is that not only are people coming here because of the problems they have in their country, but we're handing out so much stuff for free. In California, In right? California, more so than the rest of the state. So let's like, take health care. You can't get the federal government to subsidize health care for illegal immigrants. In California, the state government comes in and, and covers those dollars. So they first start off with like the DACA, kids under 26 years of age, they gave them full uh, Medicaid depending on what their income was, so full uh, insurance. Then they went ahead, people 50 years and older, they gave them the full thing. Um, I think they added another 287,000 people at this last bill they passed this last month before the legislation closed down. But basically, it's just free health care um, if, if you get across the border. On top of that, you add education. We had that whole issue with Prop 187 back in the day, and it was a big fight and all that. But the reality of it is, is education is, you know, there's different numbers people argue about, but 10, 12, 14, 15,000 a year per student. You come across the border with two, three kids, and that's $45,000. I guarantee you the person who came across the border isn't paying $45,000 in taxes to pay for that. We're all paying for it. And so the problem constantly is, is, you know, you, you want to give good benefits to your residents, but once you say it's for anybody to, who gets across the border, more people come across the border. It looks like he's concerned about the costs. Like well, okay, let, he, let, let's back yeah. up for a little bit. Governor Newsom is running for president of the United States. Don't listen to what he says. Look at what he does. If you looked at the... Because the, uh, he said he's not running. He says he's not running. If, if, you know, if Biden runs, well, Biden may or may not run. Who knows? I mean, he's an, he's an older man. There are a lot of things can happen between now and then. So he's clearly running. It's a full-on campaign stop when you see what he's doing. It, you know, he's a governor of, of California, and he's talking about all these international issues. So 
First off, he's saying he cares because he realizes how the polling is, that people are saying this doesn't make any sense. So when Title 42, 42 correct, um, goes away, more people are going to come across the border. They're showing videos right now in Mexico, like neighborhood community parks where there's thousands of people just like camping, waiting for these things to end so they can come across the border easier. And so he wants to just get ahead of the curve, say he's concerned about the money. He's concerned about the money. He's already voted he and just signed legislature to pay people for their health care if they come across the border. Like a few months ago, right, wasn't it? Well, it was the end of the legislative session. Yeah. And then they, they passed it and he's all excited about it. Then he says, well, I don't want people to come across because it costs so much money. Really? You know, basically, for anybody to think there's a problem at the border, it's if you think people coming across the border is a problem, there's a problem. But the White House is very clear. The people that run the Democratic Party and the left is very clear. It's working just fine at the border. The economy is not doing well. And with the current government spending irresponsibly, the inflation could get worse. How will you protect your hard-earned savings? The answer is gold. Gold is the world's oldest, most proven form of currency. It's there for you when inflation soars and when other assets go sideways. And that's why Birch Gold is so thrilled to introduce a new product that reimagines gold as a currency, the gold back. This month, you'll get a free gold back for every $5,000 purchased. When you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a precious metal IRA with Birch Gold by December 22nd, Birch Gold will help you own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. Visit birchgold.com California to claim your free info kit on gold. Then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Plus, with every purchase you make before December 22nd, you'll get a free gold back. This is a great gift just in time for Christmas. Once again, visit bearishgold.com slash California and protect your savings with gold today. So how does it work at the border? If people show up and they just want to get in, they can get in? If they, they just say, Yeah, they just come in and get in. They could go ahead and tell them. They just say it's asylum and there's no rules for asylum. Asylum used to be I, I'm the opposing party politically. They're trying to kill me. I need to get out of here. But what it is now is, hey, life's not good in the country I'm from. And understand, people coming across the border, these are not Mexicans anymore, a very small percentage. South Americans, um, Central Americans, but middle, people from the Middle East, people from Africa, people are getting on planes. To go to Mexico. To, to go to Mexico, buying airplane tickets to come into this country. Because in the end, it, once you get across the border and you're here for a few years, the longer you're here, the better chance you're going to stay, and somebody it always does an amnesty. At some point they say, oh, these people have been here for 10 years or 15 years. Let's give them an amnesty. Or let's not give them an amnesty. Let's just give them a green card so they can work here. And this is the Republican line. We're going to give them a green card so they can work here, but they're going to have to get back in line. Well, if the line to get in the country is in the country, who cares? It's when the line says, if you're from Germany or from Denmark, you have something to lose and you want to come to the U.S., it's 10 years to get a, uh, a, a yeah, permit to, get, to come to in. to get into a green card, it, yeah. it takes forever. But if people in, 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 like in Europe and stuff have things to lose. When you come across from a poor country, you've got nothing to lose. You don't really care. So you'll come across. And um, because it takes so long, so the whole thing is if they just say, oh, you've got to wait five or 10 years, but you can be in the country with a work permit, 
and you can work here, well, you're here and they're never going to send you back. So Jim, what do you think this kind of health insurance, health insurance is very expensive here, right? Right. And it's not something, how much does it cost us? Well, is it's it sustainable? interesting. Because we wanted to go Medicare for all and even people in, in the California legislature couldn't pass it because they, they realized Right, but they're getting very close to it now. They're very getting very close to it. They're, uh, Medicare for all is basically a single payer where there's no insurance companies in between anymore. It's just you go to a doctor and the bill gets paid by the government. So when you say to somebody, come across the border and we're just going to give you free health care, the first way they always pass it is they say it'll cost so many billions of dollars. And, and I'm, I'm not going to say the numbers because they'll drive you crazy. But let's say they, they're saying I think it costs for these next 266,000 people like $4 billion. But it's not really $4 billion because we're already paying money for them to go to the, the hospital now when they get sick. And we don't get reimbursed for that. So we'll subtract that number because that's already being paid. Well, it's not like it's being paid for somebody. It's just they're subsidizing systems. And so um, th the cost maybe really is $4 billion. But even when you divide it by the number of people they're getting insurance for, you come out and say, well, that number comes out to you know, $1,800 per person per year. Well, that number's not right. So what because it's a it should be a lot, it's a more, lot more, more expensive. Yeah. But when you pass a bill or legislature, you always want to show how it's cheaper than it is, and you pass it. And then once the bills come in, you go, you, you never said how much it would cost. I mean, you might say how much it costs or estimate how much it's going to cost. But once you pass the bill, the bill doesn't say, hey, you can only spend this much money. It says, do this service. And if the service now costs four or five times as much, you won't. The other problem that we have is that um, we have no housing. I mean, California has no housing. We just had a whole mayoral race based on, in, in L.A., based on getting affordable housing or getting homeless people off the street. And we're having tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people walk across the border with no place to live. And people are acting like that doesn't affect housing. Of course it affects housing. People come from these other countries, they find family members that they know here or they find some other place and they double up and triple up, whatever. They rent a room and then... They exactly. Have. And it keeps the rents high because there's more people here looking for the housing. It, there's no magic here. Um, you know, and so, oh, we're going to go solve the housing problem. They're, they're building one-bedroom apartments and stuff in L.A. at a half million dollars plus a piece. I mean, plus, like a half million and then you'll hear numbers of 800,000 for one bedroom apartment. It just doesn't, there's not enough money on the planet Earth to pay for people's housing who just come across the border and just, oh, we're just gonna house them and somehow solve it on top of our people with, you know, most of our homeless situation in California is mental health, alcoholism, drug addiction, those kind of things where our problems are. And we think we're gonna solve it with housing, we're not. But having people from, from around the world just cross the border, they have to sleep somewhere and they're gonna be in housing, and, that's, and there's not enough available. So what do you think would happen if this influx increases into California? Just gets, it just, everything gets worse. But you have to understand, like when you look at the populations changed in California, and people talk about people leaving, and we're not really sure. We're not feeling it in the housing. Yeah, like but people are leaving, but we're not seeing it in the housing. Right, because it's all full already. And the people that are coming into the country, so f for years they've been saying, well, the population of California really hadn't gone down. 
of the people who live in the, in the United States of America, leave one state and come to another state, when you balance that all out, coming and going in California, it's been going down for 10 years. The only thing that kept the population up was foreign immigration. Yeah. So whether that's legal or illegal immigration, that was always going up. You're also getting people from these third world countries who think downtown Los Angeles that has pup tents all over the place and blue tarps and people defecating in the street and the power goes out, it's not a big deal to them because they're from countries that are like that. That's they're from course, third right? world countries. Yeah. So they can accept it. The people that can't accept it are the ones that are leaving. And those are your best, best and brightest. I mean, you've got people with good jobs, good education, people that have choices, they leave. Retirees, I mean, government retirees, good pensions, they're living in Idaho. They're moving to Montana. They're moving to Colorado. They're moving to Arizona. Why be here? Your, your check, you know, you got a nice pension check working in the government. Why, why spend the money here and be here? Um, and we all love it here. I mean, we love the weather, and th that's the main thing. But at a certain point, we call it the weather tax. At a certain point, the weather tax gets to be too much. And you can't have all these tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people come into the state from completely different cultures from around the world and somehow think we're going to keep this melting pot working out. It doesn't work out. So what is the difference between these guys and, and the people you mentioned that would come legally? the people that want to immigrate here. Is there a difference between the types of people that are coming? Yeah, so, so in general, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people coming across the border who are just good, hardworking people that want something better for their kids and their family. This doesn't make them evil, but we have a set of rules here. And in order to, to run your country, you have to keep those rules. So I call it like the lifeboat, okay? Think of the United States as a lifeboat. If you overload the lifeboat, Everybody drowns. The whole thing flips over. It go, you just can't keep on loading it up. Does that mean we can't be compassionate to people? Does that mean that we don't want to bring people in? I think the last numbers that I looked at is we still, as a country, immigrate more people here illegally in our country than like you know, the rest of the world combined. The, the, the numbers just aren't even close because we've always been a melting pot culture. We've always been from some other places. You're from a different place than I'm from. My family came from Ireland and Germany and all those places years ago. So we've always had that. But you have to have a system in place to say, what does your country need? What kind of labor force does it need? What kind of education does it need? So that you just don't over swamp the lifeboat. And so, so the, the come from, I th and I forget who said these, these lines uh, first, but it's basically like you need a border wall. You need an extremely high bar border wall to keep people from getting in, but you need big wide open doors to get people through. That means through a process. Jim, we had a chance to actually talk to one of uh, retired border patrols okay. about, about their experience and what he sees on the ground. What is the job like right. and what they're going through now? Because it seems like they've been told not to take action. Right, so correct. They, they cannot really send people back, but their job is really to, to protect the, the, the borders. And uh, so let's take a look at that. I think the worst thing that's going on right now is with my agency is, uh, I think this probably applies across the board too, the the border patrol secures the perimeter of the country that's that's its job uh, and the, the the people doing that 
take a lot of pride in, in what they're doing. Um, you've got OFO, they handle the ports of entry, and you know, Air and Marine, of course, they, they do what they do. Uh, the Border Patrol handles everything in between, everything else. So I, th- I think across the board, we have this image that we're the knight standing on the wall guarding the castle, and keeping the Huns at the gate, and controlling who has access to the country. We've got our population inside the castle, and we're standing on the wall keeping everybody else on the other side until they use the front door and so that's fun yeah it works great um, until you get a new administration that comes in and opens the front door and everything that we did for all these years is no longer relevant so when I say there's nobody watching the border I'm being very serious there's nobody standing on the wall so there's very little control over who's actually using the front door. And the reason is because all these knights that used to be standing on the wall are now down taking care of kids, um, driving people around that are just being released into the country with little, if any, guarantee that they're ever going to show up for their for their court date. So what are we doing here? Why are why did any of my my coworkers, you know, die in the line of duty? Um so it's very hard not to internalize that. So when we start talking about mental health, that's going to follow you home. And when it starts following you home, it takes a toll on your, your health and your home and uh, your career longevity. And uh, yeah, <laughs> the wheels start coming off of the, uh, the spokes start coming off of the wheel. And next thing you know, you have a bunch of people that are just zombies showing up for work. And I can't wait to stop doing this. So, so you've got people that went into a profession that said, I'm going to be the front line to protect the border of the United States. They take an oath. They basically put their lives at stake for it. They're now in a process where the administration is saying, well, we told you you're here to protect the border, but really we just want you to kind of facilitate things. And by the way, we've got all these people coming in there at asylum, so here's a lot of paperwork you have to do. Meanwhile, you've got the, um, the drug cartels bringing in drugs. They'll, they'll, they'll rush in, you know, a thousand people over here and then bring drugs in around the corner. So for people that work in that business who signed up for something different than they're doing, it's really rough on them right now. One of the things that all people are aware of is that um, Border Patrol people who've been in that job, there's a, a level of suicide amongst some of these workers. It's, it's just a horrible situation. When you think about it, your whole life, this is what you wanted to do. You wanted to protect the border. You want to do the right thing. You caught the bad guys, or at least the people that shouldn't be here. You kind of, you know, set it right, and everybody just says, "Well, just let them go. Let them go." It's happening at the border. It's also happening with our local police, where they arrest people for stealing, and and they're let out before they're even, you know, the paperwork is done. The paperwork's not even done, and they're let out. You, anybody wants to have a job where they feel like they're getting something done and they're moving forward on it. And if you're at the border right now or a local police officer, uh, he or she's not feeling like what they're doing is making any difference. There's very few, even with the Title, title 42, there's very few that get pushed out of the country. It's just a, 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 a mess because nobody's really trying to stop it. Again, the process is working perfectly well for 
the, the White House, the administration, and everybody else who feels that it's okay. I mean, not to be mean on it in there. I'll give it the most charitable way I can to people that like this process. There are a lot of people, good-hearted people, just think the rest of the world's really bad and we got to save these people, let them come to our country, and they'll be better off than they are there. That's maybe the charitable way to look at it. The other side to look at it is we have to have processes. We have to make sure people in our country get housing uh, or get taken care of or at least have the ability to buy housing or go to decent schools. And you can't keep on overloading people here and thinking, oh, it's just no problem. Also, the people that want to come here legally, those engineers in India and other countries right. that, that w they want to come, right. they're applying for these visas. I think they're falling behind in the system too, right? That's well, well there's, there's, there's a whole issue with that is you obviously want to get the highest educated. I mean, it's kind of like you have people come from around the world to go to our best universities in the world, and after they get educated, we, we kick them out. Probably not the, the brightest thing to do. Also, when they're going to our universities, they're here for four or five years, they're, they're younger, they melt in better. They, you know, they're, they're learning the language, they're learning the culture, they're being part of it. When you have people that have you know, no assets, no real education, and I'm not saying everybody coming across the border doesn't have assets or education, but a vast majority don't. The they people that are crossing kind of just like crossing. that. Like they're just yeah. illegally trying to I call to it a bum's rush, just rush the gate. Just rush the gate and get into the concert, you know. Nobody has to have a ticket. Um, though those people are overloading the system. So there's a lot of people that we want to come. There's also the other side of that, that, that we had a situation, and it still happens in the Silicon Valley, where you have people already in the United States that have their visa that are afraid to cause a problem at work or leave somewhere because if they lose their job, they lose their visa, and they got to have to go back to their country. There's arguments that said a lot of people are being brought over here because these engineers are cheaper. Mm. And they're competing against um, uh, people that were born or citizens of the United States driving the wage down. This also happened in the, uh, the aerospace back, uh, back a few years where you started saying, hey, wait a second, they're bringing in people to in the, uh, from outside the country to do aerospace work. And some of the engineers here said, well, we have no way to negotiate you know, our wages because they can find people cheaper than us. Now, what do you think the impact would be on California? So do you think this whole Governor Newsom going to the border is kind of like a political stuff? Yeah, it's, it's clearly a, a political. Because it doesn't make sense because he just signed the law right. to give benefits to them. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's all the time you hear somebody say, the White House spokesperson just said this last week that that the previous administration left them a broken, destroyed process. They just say it. What was destroyed or broken? Nothing. They were putting up a wall. They were doing a good job keeping people out of the country and having an orderly process. There was nothing broken, but they just say it. So you got to look at what they, what they do, not what they say. So having Newsom saying, you know, I'm not running for president, but I'm down here at the border, that, you know, I mean, come on, that, that is a campaign stop is all that was. So that when they go to the primaries, you can say, I've been to that border. And let me tell you the problems that have been there. And everybody goes, oh, that's interesting. It, it's, it's elementary, quite frankly. Do you think this whole illegal immigration here in California, with the benefits that we just brought on board, do you think it's going to impact us to a point where we will see it? 
Well, it already is. I mean, it, it already is. I mean, dr drive around, you know, what were normal neighborhoods in Los Angeles County. They're, they're just, it's getting worse and worse. You cannot keep on bringing people in and thinking, you know, it's like when we look at different situations for housing and they come up with programs to help people buy a house, okay? That's to help the demand, right? We don't, have, we, don't, we don't have a demand problem. We have a ton of demand. We have a supply problem. We don't have enough houses. But you keep on bringing people in and, and think like they somehow what? They just hide in the corner? They, they hide in an alley? You don't see them? They live somewhere. They live in a house. They live in... Um, uh, uh, maybe an over, you know, uh, a crowded house, but they're going to live in housing. You know, they're going to get some kind of work, legal or illegal work, and they're going to live in housing. And, it, and we don't have that excess housing around here. It pushes up the costs. Jim, some people argue that we need these people, and when they come here, they, they provide value because they work, right. and they're going to pay taxes, and then from the taxes, the benefits are, are paid. Okay. So a person that's making thirty-five, forty thousand dollars a year that has a couple of kids that cost us ten, fifteen thousand a piece to educate, um, it's getting health care that's costing us thousands of dollars per month. In no way, shape, or form is paying enough in their taxes to to pay for themselves. They say they pay for themselves, but they don't get close. Um, what it also does is you've got a lot of employers who maybe aren't paying people what they need to pay them to take care of themselves and take care of the services they need. But as long as you have people that'll come in and do the job for cheaper, we as, a, as Americans end up subsidizing it. All the taxpayers subsidize it. So if I'm giving you food stamps and I'm giving you, you know, the, and they don't use food stamps anymore. I'm, I'm showing my age. They give you credit cards now. If you're using those cards, that's paid for by the taxpayer. So clearly people coming in for a 15 or $20 an hour job if they have a family in any way, shape, or form, are not carrying the load. They just aren't. In general, but we've always had that in the country where not everybody carried the load for themselves, but people moved up. Over time, they moved up. But you can't have people just rushing across the border and have so many that you can't absorb them move, up. move up. It doesn't work. Do you think the state leaders, because for me, it's hard to to think that they want to get more votes because it's a very democratic state. Right. <laughs> you can't get more blue than this. Right. So what do you think they think about this? Do you think they are wondering that we could get hurt in the process if we have a lot of people coming no, and we're well, providing the benefits? I, and back, to, back to how I looked at it from a charitable standpoint, there's just a lot of people that think we should help everybody in the world. I mean, th these aren't evil people think, think that. They just think differently. Then, then other people would think about, hey, we still have to have a process. We still have to make sure that we don't just change the whole culture of the United States. But from, from several ways, from the, the political look at it, there's a whole thing for elected officials to make that part of their party happy. I mean, think about where we are at now with people of color, okay? I gotta tell you, I. You know, I'm just a white Irish-German kid, right? I, I, and I meet certain people. I don't know if they just have a little bit of tint or if they're <laughs> mixed race. I'm serious. You just don't know. And all of a sudden, who is it? Uh, Megan and Harry. I didn't know that, you know, she was black. I had no idea she was black. But all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, you know, the, uh, the royal family's upset because, really? 
Do we, does anybody in California in 2022 look at somebody and say, Think about their race? What's the tone of their yeah. skin? Yeah. Nobody cares, but they bring that up constantly. Because there is a group of people that are interested. Because it works. It keeps on going and it makes people feel like I, this group I'm part of. So you keep on adding it on. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if they're from the Middle East. Maybe they're Italian. I, you know, you just don't know. Now, you know, white guys like me, we just kind of stand out. And you kind of figure you're Irish, German, somewhere, English or something. And, and that's it. But the rest is just mixed. And, you know, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. One of the things in culture and in the United States is we've always been mixing. Now, it wasn't as much color, but, you know, the Italians and the Irish, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, they got love and they get married and they have kids and, and different um, nationalities get together. Now we have more races getting together. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So it shouldn't be looked at, oh, these are just people of color. I don't care. And most people don't care. So, Jim, it looks like politicians are saying something and right. they're doing something completely different. Right. What and else is new? <coughs> that they've always done they've that. They've done that and it's right. getting worse and worse, right? Because I used to be a politician, remember? <laughs> yeah, I, you're I, I've taken this class. I was mayor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand why they do it. And, I, and, and, and again, don't blame politicians if it works. I mean, the public needs to, you know, read the newspaper, you know, read the Epic Times and then you learn more things and you find out what's going on you know, be a little bit more educated. So is there another way, is there a way for the public to do something so the politicians pay attention to our real problems? It, it, you know what, the, the public usually doesn't really get involved until they're really upset when things really, really go wrong. And that's too bad, because a lot of things take time to go wrong, and, and, and you, some things you just can't fix after a while. But it's usually at a certain point people get upset enough and they'll do something about it. Um, thought it was going to happen this last year with the quote-unquote red wave, which did not happen. A lot of other issues happened with uh, um, the, the abortion issues came and got involved. Birth control, I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff got involved, and, and it caused problems that people weren't as upset enough. But, you know, there's inflation now. People are going to start losing jobs because, we're you know, we're, we're raising rates, and that's going to make a difference. That's going to also hurt for the immigration issue is people start losing jobs who've been here a long time. They're competing against people that'll take lower wages, you know. And it, it's always amazing to me where the the unions always support the Democratic Party. That the Democratic Party is just letting people come in, which is depressing wages. Jim Brickheimer, co-host of the Weekend Answer at on KRLA. It was great to have you in California Insider. I really enjoyed being here. Thank you. We want to ask you to sign up to our California Insider email list. You will receive exclusive updates on our upcoming documentary and get the latest inside stories on everything that's happening in California. Go to InsiderCA.com and sign up 